Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Julia Littman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Danny Kelly, Craig Horbeck, and Mike Cat, which is finally on my lap for a podcast, which I've been trying to do for two years. Wow. And he's on video, and he's right here, and this is the greatest day of my life, and this, I feel very powerful, this powerful hour, DK. What an extremely cat famous guy? cat now. That Look cat's on baby. television. Do you he's feel so more good. like Vito Corleone or Dr. Evil? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'm complete. He's just a little baby. This is this anyway. is really good audio content. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it's power hour, and we're doing something. I'm going to be quieter. quieter. I'm going to be a quieter person. But we're doing power rankings. We're power rank stuff every Wednesday, and I wish I could just power rank just little baby. But no, we're going to power rank the Glansbergs, the people that we have not talked about. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably going to win your league. Craig, uh, and we're also, Craig's, like, Craig's going to be like, I'm stop. absolutely disgusted. <laughs> Uh, Mallory Rubin's going to give me a promotion. We'll see something <laughs> going on here. But um, yeah, Craig, do you want to explain what Steven Glansberg is for the people who have no idea what's happening into this podcast already? Yeah, and I'll try to do it without swearing. Uh, Steven Glansberg is a character in the movie Superbad who eats lunch alone every day and is a loner and nobody talks about or thinks about Steven Glansberg. And so we wanted to highlight the Glansbergs, the guys, the guy, the guys nobody's really talking about. Uh, right now in the fantasy season, despite the fact that they are a playing really well. And what we're going to highlight today is the guys that we think the Glansbergs, we think could have an incredible playoff stretch for your fantasy team. We're going to do this power hour style. So if you're not familiar with power hour, very simple. Every two minutes, you're going to hear this sound. Or whatever royalty free song you're hearing on (laughs) Vandal. Very funkadelic. I bet the cat loves Tom Tom. The cat would never disrespect Tom Tom. His name's Sam. He's great. Sam Sam. Great cat. Tom cat. All right. 
I ranked them because I just decided that I wanted to rank the Glansbergs. So I'm just going to take us away here. And again, mm-hmm. I, I rank these guys. So if you're mad about the ranking, well, just whatever. People Sue are mad me. at me all the time anyway. Yeah. Craig's pissed that I have this cat. It's like everyone's I'm not mad pissed anyway. that you have the cat. I'm happy you have the cat and the cat has found a home. <laughs> just see the cut publish these like new rules for like post pandemic. As And one, one of them was like, you cannot talk to your pet in your pet voice in front of other people. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that's and a I, good, yeah, it's a good rule. <laughs> I endorse it's, that rule. Same. Yeah, I'm going to break that one. A lot <laughs> I actually wrote that article. Aren't I? Aren't I? Craig is uh, so disgusted. I'm not disgusted. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. It's just the animal talk in front of people. It's exactly what the article wrote. Again, I wrote that article. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, number one player that Glansburg player nobody's talking about, but is probably changing your season. Rashad White running back for the Bucks. Yeah. In half PPR scoring, there are two running backs who have 100 fantasy points since week eight. It's Christian McCaffrey and Rashad White. Good stat. DK. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Rashad White good? It's complicated. I think he's very <laughs> good at receiving. He's like a very good pass catching running back. In fact, I think I saw at one point in the season, I don't know, I haven't looked at the updated numbers, but at one point in the season, he had more receiving yards over expectation than any other running back in the NFL and fewer rushing yards over expectation than any running back in the NFL. So basically he was not really doing much on the ground, but he was he's of course very elusive. Uh, effective pass catcher. And I think that's kind of like the story of of the type of player he is. I will say like over the last few weeks, he has impressed me more as a runner. I think he's kind of finding his groove a little bit as a runner. Um, but I wouldn't say he's like a particularly explosive, elusive runner. He's just really, really good in the passing game. I think Rashad White's the ultimate example of a player that's a lot better in fantasy than real life. The Bucks can't run block and they really haven't been able to run block for like four years, three years. Even with Brady, they couldn't really. But he doesn't come off the field. Rashad White, like to just, it's kind of like the Jets where however good you think Rodgers was going to be, the people behind Rodgers are just abysmal. The Bucs just don't have other running backs. They have Chase Edmonds and Sean Tucker, and Sean Tucker can't even play. Rashad, like, Rashad White doesn't come off the field. Like, we talk about the death of the bell care running back. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon. Every other team has a, a committee. We don't think about it, but Rashad White is right there with Christian McCaffrey and snap right. Like, the people playing 80% of snaps are like, McCaffrey, Saquon, Kyron Williams, which yep. it, it was a bit, and Rashad White. So, Frankly, you can't score fantasy points unless you're on the field. I think that's what's happening with Rashad White is he's not great. He's just catching a lot of passes because they can't run, and he doesn't sub out. And in exchange, you have a guy that's going to be like a top five running back this year. There are seven running backs in the NFL right now that have over 1,000 scrimmage yards. Rashad White, one of them. I would not have guessed that. I, I like If I was making a list off the top of my head, just off the dome, I probably would not have put Rashad White in there. Over 1,000 scrimmage yards. He's kind of like the embodiment of like availability is the best ability. Like he's just like been healthy. He's been on the field. There's nobody else. And sometimes that's all it takes. And if you can identify high usage planning for your fantasy draft, if you can get the guys who are just going to be on the field and get the ball a lot, that is more important than talent most of the time. Basically outside of the first or second round, just get the guy who's on the field the most at running back. You guys really just blew through Tom Tom right there. But yeah, it's really weird that <laughs> Rashad White was just straight. For up the first the time ever. Career. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Tom is so used to being disrespected. <laughs> I don't know. Just weird that Austin Eckler, it's even when he came back, just really worse than Rashad White. All right, next up, DK, you submitted this name, and I'm going to put it second because it's a really good mm. Glansburg play. Number two player, nobody's talking about, but is changing fantasy and going to maybe win your league. Trey McBride, the tight end for the Cardinals. Yeah, I think people are wising up to this over the last week or two, but um, Trey McBride looks like a future superstar. I mean, he already is maybe like a superstar in in particular at the tight end position because. The tight end spot has, generally speaking, over the last few years, not had a ton of superstar type players, but 
every week this guy goes out and he's making pretty incredible plays. He brings a sort of George Kittle-like ability after the catch. I'm not saying he's George Kittle. He's not going to break quite as many tackles, but he can, he can get rumbling uh, when he's got a little bit of space in the open Rumble's field. Rumble's a good word for it. It's just a rumbler, a uh, runaway beer truck. So from week on, so basically he took over early on in the season. He was splitting reps almost evenly with Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz got hurt, and then the Cardinals were more or less forced to just give McBride the starting job. And all he's done since week eight when he took over the starting job is be the overall tight end one in fantasy points. He is the number one receiver on the Cardinals right now. Um, and that's like including Marquise Brown. He is the number one option in this offense. He's almost doubling Marquise Brown's production since week eight. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I'm very excited about what he can do down the stretch with Kyler Murray in there. I think their connection's been really strong. And then, like I said before, Trey McBride seems to make like one astounding catch every week. So I really like this guy. Also, he, what is he, twice as tall as any other player on the Cardinals offense? He's like the only guy taller than 5'10". Trey McBride's not actually a person. He's just three Cardinals receivers yeah. in, a trench in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, that's um, just Dorch and Rondell Moore on each other's shoulders, I think. That's Trey McBride. <laughs> What's, but he was a huge prospect coming out of college. He was at Colorado State, right? Yeah, he was, he was uh, super productive in college. I think he was a second-round pick, and there was some hype over him. But like most tight ends before this year, it just took him a little while to get up to speed with this offense. Plus, he was playing behind Zach Ertz. Um, so that kind of like blocked him from the field. But man, he looks really good. He just has a whole package. And he's the biggest player on the field, except for James Conner, who is also the biggest player I've ever seen. Maybe like <laughs> relatively. It's like an optical illusion. <laughs> it it's is. like how they really fill like, Lord of the Rings. You remember big head mode in, in James Bond back in the day? Did you guys ever play that game? No, like, we're there just was too like a, young for that. There was a weird cheat code that you could put in. Not even a cheat code, just like a code you could put in, and everybody had gigantic heads. It's like they're twice as big as everyone else, and this is like what James Conner and Trey McBride look like on the Cardinals offense. All right, next up. Can you hear the cat purring? No. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> Craig, do we need to banish this cat from the show? I love this cat. No, he's, you guys are done. I'm just making me and the cat. It's acting like a cat. and Isn't that crazy? Incredible. <laughs> It's so good. Anyway, uh, we just found this cat in the garbage. Oh, don't. You ever watch a video from like the early 1900s and then like you can see like a dog running around in the background. You're like, oh, dogs were dogs back then too. Just, yeah. just being just dogs. Being dogs. <laughs> just, just doing dog stuff. Humans are getting smarter. Are dogs? I don't know. Uh, I haven't learned much. Anyway, number three, Glansburg player. Nobody's talking about. Isaiah Pacheco running back for the Chiefs who we have this is like ignored. Yeah, yeah, man. We need to... This is an appreciation episode for Isaiah Pacheco. Everyone makes fun of the way he runs, but <laughs> man, does this guy run hard. He runns harder he than run? anybody in the league. He runs... It's it's actually bizarre because he runs like he's going upstairs, but he's flat. <laughs> but the meme of like what happened... Like, it's like what happened here, wrong answers only. It's the two doors that were just like destroyed by a car. And it's like someone's like Isaiah Pacheco gained six yards on third and seven. <laughs> He, he runs like the guys that have a parachute attached to him and they're going really slow, but then he just doesn't have a parachute attached. Not that he's slow. He's just like more steps, more beats per minute. Like his steps, he just has more steps per minute than any other running he, back. He runs like a rock'em sock'em robot. <laughs> oh, With man. those stiff arms and elbows and knees. But, <laughs> Wait, Craig, da, 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 da. You do you know? remember when DK left for like one episode last year and we were like, how many names can you come up with for Brock Purdy? We should next episode just come up with how many how many Pacheco runs yeah. like jokes? We should. I'm down to do that. That'll be well. That's a, that's going to be our power hour next week. Email us at Ringer Fantasy Football. You got Isaiah Pacheco uh, comps. 
Pacheco's a top 15 guy in the season. He's the RB14. He is above on the season. He's above Austin Eckler in points, B. John Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Ken Walker. Pacheco's above all those guys. Wow. And he's like the only thing that's going right for the Chiefs this year on offense is Isaiah Pacheco has been like uh, the most consistent guy on the team right now. And they actually have a pretty easy next four games. So if anything, Pacheco's going to get even better. And the big knock on him last year was that he didn't catch passes. It was Jarek McKinnon who took off at the end of the year. But, you know, Pacheco had 13 catches in the entire season last year. He's already at 33 this year. So they're, they're already trusting him and using him even more in the passing game. And he came out of nowhere, Isaiah Pacheco. I, I love stories like this. It's. I'm not going to lie. After the whole running back, you know, Jonathan Taylor wants money. Sick wants good money. They they did a whole summit. Sorry, Tom. Tom. It's not great that the Chiefs spent a first round pick on Clyde Edwards Alaire, and then they just found a seventh round running back who's significantly better. It's like Chris Carson in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, honestly, it's actually an excellent comp. Number four, Glansburg of the year. Player nobody's talking about. This one's cheating because we kind of talked about it on Sunday, but he deserves it more. Nico Collins, receiver for the Texans. The last three weeks, the top four receivers in fantasy over the last three weeks are Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins, Mike Evans for the Bucks, Debo Samuel for the 49ers, and Nico Collins for the Houston Texans. Nico Collins. Wow. Is, Didn't see that coming. Uh, dude, Nico Collins was already balling, like having an amazing breakout year when Tank Dell was healthy. Now that Tank Dell, RIP, broke his leg out for the season, I feel like Nico Collins, it's not only that he's a top 10 receiver the rest of the way, it's like that doesn't go far enough. Like, I feel like that's a no-brainer. It's like I would straight up rather have Nico Collins than Devontae Adams, and I actually don't even think that's controversial. This is the microcosm of, of fantasy for me. Like, and this is the whole episode, I guess. This is the theme of the episode, but it's like Nico Collins. I'd rather have Nico Collins than Devontae Adams for the rest of the year. It's just like such a wild statement, and I wish that we could have that in our head and know that in the future because there's no way I, I, there's a million iterations of how this fantasy season could have gone and I never would have guessed that. You got to tattoo that on your body, DK. <laughs> never forget. Scott Barrett, who shout out Scott Barrett. We can have a whole appreciation for Scott Barrett. I straight up played Scott, uh, our buddy Scott probably is the single most correct fantasy analyst of the entire year. <laughs> but they, he pointed out that the Texans receivers have just been a there's been a top six fantasy receiver on the week six times in the last five weeks for Houston. Like the Houston offense, C.J. Stroud's emergence, C.J. Stroud playing, like, honestly, if Joe Burrow were healthy, probably how Joe Burrow would play is how C.J. Stroud's doing, has just created a monster. And now Nico Collins, it's kind of like if Jamar Chase, it's kind of like if when T. Higgins is out, what happens to Jamar Chase? Like Nico Collins, he's huge. He's six foot four. He plays big, but he's got good hands. No shame to D.K. Metcalf, but like nothing bounces off his hands. He like and he, also he's the third down guy. Like Stroud has this mind meld with him. Like it's really impressive to watch him play. Do you guys think Nico Collins is going to be the number one option for Stroud for like the foreseeable future? Or are they going to go get T. Higgins or something in the offseason? You know? Well, I was going to say it's a toss-up between, between Collins and Tank Dell. And, and Dell. like, who's who's going to be the number one I mean, they option, have the but... cheapest, most... I mean, and if you if you factor in money, they have the best receiving core in the league from an affordability standpoint, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. For sure. They That's don't need point. to invest more in the offense, Frank, or, like, at least the skill group, because, I mean, you've got Stroud, Nico, and Tank Dell all in rookie contracts. Like, just... They, and they also have a fine offensive line. Like, you could just go and put give Will Anderson another defender, like a defensive line. Like the Texans are in a really good spot. Can we get T Higgins to the Chiefs next year? I'm going to start <laughs> lobbying for that. No, I think they should go get like Zay Jones or something. <laughs> that feels like something they would do. Yeah, seriously. This again. Yeah. 
while we're on Nico Collins, I also want to do number five here, which feels related, but uh, Michael Pittman receiver for the Colts. Talk about a Glansburg. I think Glansburg of the year, probably him or yeah. Rashad white. Yeah. I think he has to be Glansburg of the year for Michael Pittman. I was wrong about Michael Pittman kind of where I, my fear with Michael Pittman was Anthony Richardson related where I was worried that Anthony Richardson would not be able to get Pittman the ball, but Michael Pittman was really good with Richardson. Also, I underrated Pittman because Carter Minshew, Michael Pittman has just straight up been fantastic. He's been a true number one receiver. They have used him in all these ways. He's also a big guy like Nico Collins, but also kind of has more Keenan Allen to his game. Like he's been absolutely fantastic, but this stat gobsmacked me. Michael Pittman has 314 catches in his career which is more than any player in their first four years in the history of the Indianapolis Colts this week, passing Marvin Harrison's first four years at the Colts, which blew my mind. You know, it's also a crazy stat I saw was that not only has he been incredible with Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson with the targets he's getting, but a lot of the targets he's getting are, are not catchable passes. There was a stat out there that I saw the lowest catchable target rate on, on on basically deep passes, passes 10 plus yards down the field. He has the second most uncatchable target rate for passes over <laughs> 10 yards. And he's still having the year he's having. Elijah Morris first, and he's having a terrible year because like, apparently every pass is off target. And yet Michael Pittman is a top 10 guy on the year. And if they, you know, if Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew were a little more accurate down the field, Michael Pittman would be having an even better year. I think, uh, Heifetz, you were getting into this a little bit, but like, I think what's interesting about the Michael Pittman stuff is um, how much variance they use in terms of like how many routes he's running, how many, like the variance of where he's getting targeted. If you look at, so I'm looking at next gen stats, they have these route charts where it shows where the player has been lining up and where they're running routes, where they're catching it and where they're doing yards after the catch. And it, like, his charts look like a big scribbly signature, it's like all yeah. over the field. It's like what Calvin, my, my, my four-year-old son, will draw, which is a good thing, I think, because they're, they're like, essentially, what that tells me is they're scheming him up to get him the football. They're they're being very purposeful about this because he's one of their best players, and I think that's smart coaching. So um, Pittman's, like, a good combination of scheme and talent, I think, too. I mean, if you think about it that way, it's like, what's a good player? A receiver is someone that you scheme up to get the football. Here are the leaders and targets this season. Keenan Allen is first. Michael Pittman's second. Tyreek Hill is third. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that either. That's cool. He also so, just seems yeah. to be wide open at all times. It's like how when every time Brandon Ayuk catches a pass, I'm like, where are the defenders? It seems like they scheme up Michael Pittman so well that every time he catches a ball over the middle of the field, there's nobody around him. And I'm like, this guy's slow, just like Keenan Allen. <laughs> yeah, he could beat Michael Pittman's 40. All right, sorry, Tom, Tom. Uh, next up, we have Cole Komet, tight end for the Bears, number six. Yeah. Player no one's talking about. Dude, I call Komet. I, I, he might as well be like a player on the 1938 Chicago Cardinals. <laughs> like I, this is why I picked him because I think it's not even necessarily that he's having like a, a completely extraordinary season. I just feel like he's been really good without anyone acknowledging the fact that he's been good. He is the tight end six on the season in points per game. Um, since week four, he, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. But since week four, he's averaging over 10 points per game. And so... Um, you know, obviously the the Bears offense is up and down. It's a little bit hit or miss, but he has been one of the more constant uh, creators for them. He's been a check down option for whoever they're trotting out at quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or Tyson Bajant. And he's been pretty good in the, in the red zone, like bringing down some pretty difficult catches in like with guys draped on him and all that stuff. So I just want to appreciate that Cole Komet's been pretty solid. And like I've put him in starting lineups a couple times, not feeling great about it, but then he always delivers. Um, I think after the big six guys and then you could add in um, maybe Kincaid, but like Kelsey, Hawkinson, Laporta, Andrews, Kittle, 
and McBride. Like those are guys I feel very confident about week in and week out. I think I put Komet like just in in the tier right below those guys. You know those stories about actors where they're like, you know, like John Hamm was like, I was really close to hanging the cleats up and then I got Mad Men. I feel like we were very close to declaring Cole Komet like yeah, a bust. I agree. Yeah, and then he got a huge contract and I was like, what are they what? doing? <laughs> For Turns him? out maybe they, that was a good Her? Movie. Yeah. What, is he funny? <laughs> yeah, he honestly, like, not even just the stats, but I think the eye test proves that, or, or at least tells me that he's been pretty good. Like, he, he makes some pretty tough catches in traffic. I mean, he had two touchdowns in the first quarter a few weeks ago. And my first, I mean, honest to God, media bias, my first thought was, shit, I think I have to acknowledge that this guy exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's one of those that ignore the stat lines and move on players. Cole Komet, he exists. Next up, number seven player nobody's talking about. Javante Williams running back for the Broncos. He exists as well. Another guy who just kind of exists. Javante Williams. Uh, <laughs> since week eight, Javante Williams, fourth in touches per game at running yeah. back. He's getting 21 touches a game, which is the, you know, we've been Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco. These are guys who are getting the ball. And Javante Williams has been getting the ball. There was that three-headed thing with P. P Ryan and McLaughlin. At least from a running standpoint, like it is all Javante now that he's healthy and he's getting further and further away from that injury from last year. He's getting healthier and healthier. And Denver, despite their winning streak that they were on, they were playing tough teams. They were playing Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland, Minnesota, who's been really stingy. The next four weeks, Denver is playing the Chargers twice, the Lions, who have been a sieve, and the Patriots. And so Denver is going to be in the mix, in the playoff race. And Javante Williams is a guy, I think, is, is just like, a Glansberg who's simmering right now, waiting to take off. I like this because the Broncos, their identity fits what you want in terms of like the usage. They just want to like grind the clock out. They want to be um, really, really balanced. They they want to take as much off of Russell Wilson's plate, I think, as possible. And like Javante Williams, like you said, he's getting healthier as the year goes on. He's starting to look more like the guy that they drafted him to be. I think he was a second round pick a couple of years ago. Obviously blew out his knee, but... Um, you know, going back to his college days, he was in like a Marshawn Lynch beast mode type player. Like he's just breaking tackles, running over guys, and you're starting to see that come alive again. So he could be one of those players, Craig, that you mentioned, like just really finishes strong, has a ton of volume, and is like the backbone of your fantasy team quietly. Kyle Brandt basically invented that angry run scepter for Javante Williams. And Craig, I think this is a <laughs> phenomenal call with the Chargers coming up twice in the next four weeks. Yeah, one being the, the year championship week, week 17. They're playing the Chargers next week and week 17. Yeah, this is great. Wow, we're early. We like early, five, four seven. seconds early on Tom. Tom. <laughs> what wow. do we do You're now? welcome. We're making up ground. <laughs> we're respecting him. Paying off that. All right, next up, players no one's talking about. I We've talked about this we're, guy. He's, honestly, people are talking about this guy, but I not still enough. think he's underappreciated for what he does. Um, Taysom Hill for the Saints, who is a tight end, quarterback, running back, fullback, and and also just they're, they're still in the kick returner thing. He's in the they keep booting it out of the end zone. I'm like, let Taysom Hill get a ball. I want to see what the hell's going to happen when he gets the ball in a kick return. I feel like Taysom Hill is what you would get if Cordero Patterson was also like sometimes the quarterback. You know what I mean? <laughs> like people get so excited about Cordero Patterson, and for good reason. He's super fun to watch. Not not necessarily so much this year, but like in past years. Um, but like Taysom Hill is sort of the butt of so many jokes, but he's actually really good at football is sort of my contention. Like he just, they use him in so many different ways. And, and since week six, when the saints really started leaning into this idea that they have a good player here, um, he's averaged almost 13 points per game at half PPR. He's, he is 
Uh, by the way, that's one less point per game than Derek Carr has averaged in that stretch. So he's he's almost equal to scoring the same amount of Derek Carr over uh, since week six. Um, he is the tight end three in that stretch, which is an eight week stretch, two months. Um, he's averaging over uh, 13 points per game. Is He's averaging over, over four points per game more than Travis Kelsey in the last eight weeks. So, yeah. Every season, there's like a couple formations that like to me visually just become iconic for the season. And I feel like obviously the tush push is that's it for this year. But the the funniest package in football right now is Taysom Hill in the goal line with their defensive tackle. I forget yeah. his name is number 99. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the biggest person on the entire saints roster in the backfield with Taysom Hill. And he's the lead blocker on these goal line runs. I think it's and Kalen every time Sanders? I watch it, I'm like, Saunders. Yes. Kalen Saunders. I'm like, what am I watching? What sport is this? <laughs> it's and it's so the best. Great. Yeah. How sad is it that they gave Derek Carr $150 million and the second he gets in the red zone, they yank him for Taysom Hill? Dude, I... <laughs> Dude, the fact that Michael Thomas tweeted so much about hating Derek Carr, he deleted his Twitter. I just love Taysom Hill. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 money line bet wins this Thursday night. We got the Steelers playing the Patriots. Oh, man. Mitchell Trubisky, Bailey Zappi. I don't know. Bet the unders. And if you're thinking that the unders, bet the overs. I don't know. It's You probably don't want to watch that if you don't have money on the line, if we're being honest. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Live, same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Dive into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash fantasy. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. All right, this guy, this is the original Glansberg. This, this is, is the career-long Glansberg, like the yeah, Hall of it? Fame Glansberg. What is lifetime the, achievement the, Glansberg. Yeah, lifetime achievement is what I was looking yes. for. Yes. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, who... Perhaps nothing better could be said than I think half the people listening probably forgot he was even still on the Cowboys, Brandon Cooks. It's been <laughs> half the season. Yeah. Brandon Cooks 
quintessential all boring player. He's the quintessential forgettable person. But what's crazy is, you know how the Cowboys, the first like four games, first five games, actually, like we were like, they haven't played a normal game. Everything's been like 20 point difference in the second half. Since week six, when they, the Cowboys played the Chargers, that was the first normal game. Since week six, Brandon Cooks has more fantasy points per game than Stephon Diggs. Oh, I love these stats. I, lo- I love it when you pull these out because this is just, that's just like, wow. I was going to say the, the quintessential thing about Brandon Cooks is no matter how many times we've talked about him this year, which again, it's not many. Every time he catches a pass, I feel like I have to cross-reference the Cowboys roster to be like, who is this guy <laughs> catching a pass? Like, I, I never can remember who he is. And he's, by the way, he's like changed his number a few times when he's been, been in the pros. Like he was Well, maybe 13. it's because he was on six teams. Yeah, so like I, for it, he, has, he doesn't have like a signature number that you remember. And so, again, this is the guy who every time he catches a pass, I'm like, okay, who's this little speedy guy? I don't know who he is. <laughs> who are you, little guy? And you're like, oh, actually, you're like 30 <laughs> oh, he's years got old. Like eight, one thousand years. It's like high fits to his cat. He's like, oh, who are you there, little <laughs> are you guy? Guy, to say I caught my cat a baby, even though he's like seven. But no, Brandon Cooks is wearing three, which that's like for yeah. kickers, dude. Like it's so everything about it's weird. But since week six, like he's again the first six weeks we throw him out for the Cowboys because it was like forty nothing, and and they you know it was just weird games. Since week six, when the Cowboys offense actually started being a real offense. Brandon Cooks has been the 17th best fantasy receiver, which is exactly what he has done in his entire career. He's been between ninth and 17th in points, basically every year of his career, except last year when the Texans were tanking and he was mad about it. And he quit. Since week six, better than Jalen Waddle. All right. Well, that goes Sorry, without saying. Leave Waddle alone. Be- better than Waddle, better than Cortland <laughs> Sutton, who could have been on his list as a rust renaissance. He's been better than, he's basically the same as Chris Olave, better than DeAndre Hopkins, better than Amari Cooper, who like was also in Dallas, it, better than DJ Moore, better than Garrett Wilson, Tyler Lockett. Like I just, Brandon Cooks probably was on waivers multiple times this year in your league. For like a long time. Yeah. I Just better than, I, dude, I can't, have, just <laughs> death taxes, Brandon Cooks being on some random team, being a yeah. top 20 receiver. All right, next up here. Brock Purdy, quarterback for the 49ers. And I'm cheating here because we're saying Glansburg's p- people no one's talking about. Obviously, Brock Purdy gets talked about a lot. But I think we actually almost never talk about Brock Purdy through the lens of yeah. a fantasy player. We just yell and argue about whether Brock Purdy's good at football or not. In the context of like the top fantasy quarterbacks, we don't talk about him. He's not considered one, right? Um, no. So, yeah, this is a perfect one, I think. And in, in some ways, it's the exact opposite of the MVP discussion, where the MVP discussion, it's like, well, Purdy's putting up numbers, but like, should he get credit for them? Right. This is almost the opposite, where it's like, who cares if Brock Purdy's good or it's not? It's objective. It's like, whatever, show me numbers. the money. Like, Craig, how many quarterbacks would you take ahead of Brock Purdy rest of the season? Three. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Dak Prescott. You could even talk me out of Dak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like, maybe he peaked by now. Well, right. and the next four games for Dak are a lot harder than the last seven. Not really knocking him, but if you wanted to pick nits. But if the, over the last four weeks, Brock Purdy is the number four quarterback in fantasy behind only those three guys, Dak, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. He's putting up 22 a game. On the season, he's the QB six. Yeah. Like, where is this guy going to go in drafts next year? The stats on him are, are really, really wild from an efficiency standpoint. I mean, the fact that he's like, he's putting up all-time numbers in terms of like yards per attempt, He's basically chucking the ball downfield and they're always being caught. He leads the league in completion percentage and also leads the league in yards per attempt. He's got the best skill group in the league. He leads the league in QBR. His only Achilles heel seems to be when Trent Williams is out. Those are his two worst games this year other than the Browns. 
But Trent Williams missed two games against Cincinnati and Minnesota, and he had two touchdowns and four picks in that game. But when Trent Williams is healthy, they're essentially the fucking Avengers. Is there any other time in at least modern NFL history where the real-life MVP candidate was like somebody that people were trying to get rid of in fantasy, like sell high on this guy? I, I trade, I traded Brock Purdy away, like probably about a month ago or something like that. I traded Brock Purdy and uh, and change for Joe Burrow because I'm like Joe Burrow, he's gonna finish top five as a quarterback, sure. and I, I should have just kept Brock Purdy. Obviously, Joe Burrow got hurt, which is a huge factor. But even if he was healthy, like there's a there's a world in which Brock Purdy scoring the, like almost the exact same amount of points as, as Joe Burrow. Honestly, like, he should be on the Joe Burrow level in fantasy. Kai, just wind the clock again. We're doing Tom Tom again. Just put another two minutes on the clock for Brock Purdy. My good friend's uh, stepfather has been in a fantasy league for like 40 years. He's like on the Bill Simmons. Like they had to wait till like USA Today came out. And <laughs> Mail out the each math other and they, stuff. They, yeah. yeah, they heard, they heard the who pigeon. won on Tuesday. And like it's an 18 league of just dudes from the Bay Area. And his, his shout out Tom. His name's Tom. So it's kind of perfect. Shout out Tom. Like, Tom. Time. The bay. He, Shout out know, the bay. knows that I do this show. And he's like, well, I just took McCaffrey first and then got Brock Purdy late. And I, I don't get what's so hard. And he's like undefeated. in This, <laughs> this is easy. Yeah. He's You're like, actually 100% so right. Like uh, Matt Bellany, who does the town podcast that I produce. He's like not super tapped into football, but casually watches, casually plays fantasy. And he goes, every year I just get Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I feel like that's just the best move. <laughs> and every year he's like a top three team in the league. I'm we, like, yeah, that, that's honestly kind of we as record easy. record hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasts every year. Just be like, just take <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I would love to do this. This reminds me, Heifetz. I would love to do a demographic, uh, like, study based on like who is winning the most championships in any given year. And like this year, I bet people in San Francisco and Detroit are like dominating mm. their fantasy. I think leagues. this like Homer is great, dude, a hundred percent for that because every, honestly, the easiest <laughs> so way to be good in fantasy is to like nail the teams that were underrated. Like if you're mm -hmm. a Miami Dolphins fan and you just had two in Tyreek Texans, if you're a Texans fan oh, yeah, and you Texans. overdrafted like Houston Stroud and Nico tank, doesn't matter what your friend said. Like same with Cowboys, well. Dak and CD lamb. And also, fathers, dads love Brock Purdy. Every dad is like, I like that Purdy kid. And like, yeah. you know? Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. We, yeah, we should do the all guy. dad team. I feel like Isaiah Pacheco's on it. Dad's, yeah, he runs hard, undrafted. <laughs> yeah. Just you know? no nonsense. He gets downhill. <laughs> he's not He's not pussyfooting around behind the line. Yeah. <laughs> we should do the all dad team. <laughs> I like that Puka Nakua. <laughs> he gets but they would lunch, call him Nuka Pakua? Yeah. Dude, I, I love, you know, we got so many emails from people about how dads like who can't pronounce names. But the one I think about the most is the dad who was a lifelong Steelers fan, but couldn't pronounce Ben Roethlisberger's name and <laughs> called him like, like Rothling Berenger for like the entirety of his career. <laughs> it's not even like, close. It's like, no, oh, that's good. Oh, but I God. really think Purdy next year, like has to be a top seven quarterback in drafts. Just like every week he comes out and throws four touchdowns like it's nothing. He barely breaks a sweat. He's like the closest thing you can get to like playing perfect quarterback. And you know what's crazy is like his attempts are not even close to everybody else. He basically throws 27 passes a game. Everybody else throws like 37. And yet he still is a top five fantasy quarterback. The only other guys who, who are basically throwing the same amount of times as him are guys who run like Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. He's so efficient. He's throwing 10 times less than every other quarterback and competing with them from a fantasy standpoint. Did we even mention the stat that someone put in the group chat today of the from Scott Barrett's the thing about adjusted yards per attempt? 
Uh, yeah, I hinted at it. He's he's basically third in the last 20 years. But the season's number one in that stat is Aaron Rodgers 2011, which is the best year of Rodgers' career. Yeah. Number two is Peyton Manning 04 when he threw 49 touchdowns. That's the best year of Peyton Manning's career other than 2013. Then it's Brock Purdy this year. Matt Ryan when he won MVP 2016. Patrick Mahomes 2018 when he threw 50 touchdowns in his first season. Like those are, outs- along with Brady in 07, the best quarterback seasons of the 21st century. I'm really happy that I immediately pivoted off of hating Purdy. Like I, I'm, I'm willing to say that I was wrong. Let the hate out of your heart. I feel like you left for one episode, and then DK and I were like, "What do we?" You know, just had like a huddle. I just, I mean, look again. I can only judge based off what I'm watching. You know what I mean? And he's done it day, week after week. I'm like, all right. At this point, I, if I if I say he's a mediocre quarterback, I'm just ignorant. I think that the real thing with Purdy is everyone's right. He deserves credit for this Death Star he runs. Also, he gets to run a Death Star. Right. And that the thing that he actually he contributes is he makes $50,000 a game because he was the last pick in the draft. Deshaun Watson makes $2 million per game. And like that Come is on the over difference. and live in this gray area, right, Heifetz? There's a gray area here in this argument. EPA per pay, baby. It'll be interesting to see what he gets paid. Uh, yeah. Well, first, the, the, honestly, whether the Dolphins pay too is next. Anyway, all right. Those are the Glansbergs. I'm glad that we ended on the nobody players nobody's talking about with the single most talked about. Like, yes. Well, fantasy. In a fantasy lens, I I, I actually would highly agree that he's super underrated from a fantasy point of view. People aren't talking about him like he's an MVP guy. I feel I, I would like to make a list and just go back of like real life MVPs in fantasy. I feel like there's always been so much more excitement about the quote unquote real life MVPs just because whatever they're running these awesome offenses. There are all these potential points and we just can't like people just can't get excited about Brock Purdy it feels like you guys want to do a little fantasy court yeah. Ooh, yeah all right the guest judge my cat it's just a baby we we got to get a, a focus group here talk talk to us about how they're feeling about the cat is this an overexposure to the cat uh how do you feel what's the overall impression of the cat it's what's like when they, they film multiple endings and show them to audiences <laughs> I feel cat? like it's too much cat. Yeah, you're not. What Let's are you get Cisco Ebert on he... the cat. What do they think? <laughs> what are you guys going to do, though, if people like it? Uh, I guess we'll just have to accept I won't, it. I won't show you that data. You're going to pander. Pander, pander to the audience. All right. Fantasy Court. This is from Eli. 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 Also, should we like shout out Jack Links, even though they didn't sponsor this? Should we just be like, Jack Links? We were eating them. I was eating yeah. them the other day. I had a couple friends over. We were just enjoying the shit out of some Jack Links. <laughs> so, yeah. Enjoying the shit out of some jackalings. <laughs> I love well, just, the meat roast. You and a buddy on the couch just <laughs> munching down on jackalings, watching a game. <laughs> we ate like three bags of truth. There's like four of us just chowing down on some jackalings. You know, I think Jack. free advertising, by the way, is hysterical, and I love doing it. And I think people should do it more. <laughs> I, I actually, earn, I really earnest advertising. We're not yes, getting paid. We I just actually, really like it. I completely disagree with the no free ads mantra. I love it. Talk about all the brands you like. Maybe they'll come to you. I don't know. <laughs> Put out in the world. Yeah, it's get karma. A cat. Sure. Right, speaking of coming to you, uh, Eli, Eli, Eli. But honestly, that. we took this because Solak texted us. I'm in a league with a bunch of buddies from a summer camp. Actually, it's the same summer camp. Our friend Ben Solak went to. Ben, ben. has been a close friend of mine for many years. And Solak texted us asking us to take this case. Which, as a reminder, so like, to know people, n- apparently, Eli. Next week, baby. <laughs> gonna have the NFL draft show right here, baby. He's like so. sending us, Eli's sending us on trips. We're doing all kinds of like 
perks. We got places in the Cayman Islands that we can visit, you know, get the, get the, get his case moved up the docket, if you will. I sure. mean, I hear, you know, people buying <laughs> judges' houses these days. Like and, I'm a psycho. <laughs> no, we're on fantasy court. Apparently, you know, just get some vacations with the, you know, there's perks that come with being a judge. There's nothing right, what's wrong the, what's with the, uh, what's the case corruption. here? Yeah. I don't know. La- Eli says last season went through a major commissioner change. In the process, a few things slipped through the cracks. For the three years before this year, we had a punishment for the last place uh, player, including someone got frosted tips, someone had to do the 24-hour Waffle House <laughs> challenge, et cetera, et cetera. I frosted, frosted tips. tips. I really like that. I had that. frosted tips in sixth grade. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a great one. Last year, we never frosted came lettuce. to a conclusion about what the punishment was going to be for this season. Mm-hmm. And we brought it up frequently in the group chat, but we never were able to come to a consensus on what the punishment would be because the commissioner would change. Well, I ended up coming in last. Ha, 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 ha. Good thing now you dragged your mates, feet. Yeah. Yeah. My league mates are upset that I have not done a punishment. And we have agreed that if you guys rule, I should be held responsible for coming in last. I've agreed to do the hot ones challenge. No questions asked based on our ruling. But if you guys rule in my favor and say I should not have to do a punishment because the league did not decide on what the punishment was, then everyone has agreed to let me off the hook. <laughs> and the important context is it's a keeper league and he traded away his players now for draft picks in the future under the assumption there would be no punishment because they were agreed on one. And he right. kept bringing up all year that they had not agreed on one. That's the very right. important context Eli would right. like to know is that he brought this up a lot in the chat. I think I'm on team Eli here. We've actually had this issue in my long time, standing league where if you don't come up with the last place punishment before kickoff week one, there is no last place punishment yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Can I give you a take though? Sure. I think I actually it. Eli's argument to me actually screams of guilt because what he's saying is he brought up that there was no punishment a lot and then traded away his players. And he was trying to kind of trying to get away with one here. He was trying to like get add future picks in this like keeper league. Yeah, but this is just savvy skirt. management. Like taking, a, taking advantage of the tax code. Yes, yeah, but this is savvy management. Here, I, I He's got think, an offshore bank account, that's all. But, <laughs> that's, the, but the fact... Yeah, that's nothing sketchy about that. I would say the fact that he's already agreed to do the specific Hot Ones Challenge means that I feel like he should do the Hot Ones Challenge because he came in last place. You got to keep the tradition up. You've been doing this for years. Just do the Hot Ones. You came in last place. I, the only thing I would say about that, though, is then you, you set the precedent for, oh, uh, we don't need to figure out what the punishment is before the season starts. Yeah. We'll just have somebody do something like the Hot Ones Challenge. You, you need to set the precedent that you, you need to decide what the punishment is before the season starts. It's the other way around. You do it on the basis that you do the challenge on the basis that we need to figure this out from the beginning, though. But no, because you can't set the precedent that you can squeer, squirm your way out of the ending. It's not it's squirming. Not, he didn't. Yeah, he's not the squirming. The league is responsible for that. I yes, agree. He's not the one planning the punishment. The league has to come to a consensus, and they didn't. But he came in last, though. Here's, they found a punishment that he agreed to. He's agreed to this punishment. Here's he what should I think. do a punishment. He here's gave what it I last. Think. Should? Maybe. Here's the deal. I think it's extremely cut and dry. You can't decide on a league last place finish punishment after the season has started. Well, hold on, hold on. But, we're, but, this, but this is Don't the interrupt. Wrong. I'm talking. I'm going to gavel you. But Gavel me. In the, in, in the interest of fun and fellowship and the spirit of doing these fantasy leagues, he should do the Hot Ones Challenge just because it's fun. I agree. Like, also, Hot Ones Challenge, not that, bad. not that bad. Not that big of a deal. Just do it for the content. <laughs> it's not like he has to run a marathon or something. I agree with you, DK, that a league cannot foist a specific challenge upon you 
when you had not agreed on one beforehand. Right. But he has agreed. All right. That one I would do if I have to do one. Yeah. The question is, should he have to do it when? And my answer is, well, you've always had a punishment. And if they found one, you'll do then. Yeah, that's it. He shouldn't have to. But he, sh- he, he this is like the Craig thing where it's like you can't bench him, but you should. He he should do it. You can't make him do it. Right. But he should do it. Right. Correct. He said that if we say he should do it, he'll do it. No questions asked, which I, I feel like he wasn't foisted upon him. He's like, yeah, the law should stipulate that this is not a new rule, but he yeah. should still do it. What if he said in parentheses, I know the hot ones the challenge isn't even that bad of a punishment. It's just the principle <laughs> of the whole thing for me. You know, well, what? there we go. You we know what? This, this is what should this is what should happen. He should do it. But by participating in this last place punishment that was not established before the season started, he should be the one to get to pick the last place punishment Ooh, for next year if he does the Hot Ones Challenge. I love that. Now we're working the levers of the law. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that feels like justice. Yeah. <laughs> that's that yeah. that that's great. Wow, look at us. We actually came to an answer. That's there you go, oh, there Eli. You go. There you go, Eli. Eat a wing covered in Dabam hot sauce, and then you get to decide. <laughs> The last place punishment next year. I never understood why Dabam was the hottest one. You know, it's like the seventh wing is the hottest one. And then the, the next three don't seem to affect anybody. Never understood that. No one else is a hot ones guy. I'm a big hot ones I'm guy. Not, I haven't really watched it. I don't know. It's weird because the one with Idris Elba where he's like choking on himself, like you kind of <laughs> think. The meme. <laughs> yeah, the meme. You kind of think it's going to be really hot. And then some of them, they're like, yeah, they're not that hot. Dabam is really damn hot. The one that, no, like, you that do, destroys do you everybody. Do you challenges, Craig? Do you do the hot But they like, rotate them. Hot, hot ones? Uh, I've been known every every now and then to go to like a hot chicken place and get like the like Reaper yeah. flavor or like, you know, the, the one where you got to sign the waiver. I've done that with my friends a few times. I also, I had a really hot ghost pepper piece of chocolate once with my friend Chris. Worst decision ghost I've ever made. Ghost pepper chocolate? Wow. But, what? Um, yeah, Worst I'll try it. ever made. <laughs> I was I was affected for forty eight hours because of that. Piece oh, of dude, yeah. Wait, the, have you Just guys ever been to the hot chicken place? Insides? In, yeah, you guys ever do the hot chicken in um Nashville? No, no. I've actually never been to Nashville. Same. The it's I've it's actually had thing. it, but I've never been there. I've had it delivered. I know that's not the same from Nashville. I have. Oh wow. Wait, did you just say I've never been to Nashville and then say, well, I was in Nashville, but not at the place? No, I hosted a, a show with Joe House at, on The Ringer called, uh, he does House of Carbs, but we did like an NFL playoff food test thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. And so we had Gold Belly, this company that like delivers food all over the country, deliver Hattie Free B's app. hot chicken. So I, I've had it Hattie like B. that, but not actually in Nashville. All I'll say is I did a road trip through Nashville once and Hattie B's took an hour to eat and it added three hours to the trip. That's all I'll say. <laughs> But uh, I don't, I mean, I don't prefer it. I like hot things, but I, I don't understand. I like, it's fun to try every once in a while if, if you're like an idiot. But in reality, I like things that are hot, but not painfully hot. You don't want to go like, I, I will go to the medium to hot level at a hot chicken place. I'm not going above hot. Yeah. Who's See doing if, uh, that? I want to sweat colleague. a little bit, you know? Shout out Danny Chow, a ringer colleague, listener of the show. Yeah. All right. Got some emails. Emails. Got some from someone I'm going to like redact for their own sake. Uh, it's about Gentleman's Piss Club. <laughs> sure. Trying to merge Gentleman's Piss Club. We got to get a focus group on this Gentleman's Piss Club stuff because so too much. By the way, somebody somebody designed a shirt and it was pretty good. So we're thinking yeah. about it. If anybody yeah. else has shirt designs and we'll pick the best one and we'll send you one or whatever. But somebody sent us one and it had uh, Michelangelo's <laughs> David on the back <laughs> peeing. So 
That's kind of the level you have to work at right now. That's kind of the bar is Mike is David P. Literally. Literally. That's the bar. That is the bar. So for those who don't know, in addition to gentlemen's piss club, you know, the bar where you can pee everywhere, the, but in a cool way. Yeah. (laughs) It's like how you could throw Uh, peanuts on the ground at some bars, our bar, you're just pissing everywhere. It's like five guys. (laughs) But uh, we also, we work bankrupt trying to get, a shower like a like people like have good ideas in the shower like a co-working space but you have your, all your ideas creation meetings in yeah. the shower yeah um anyway so some i, mean, I adore that is- idea even over zoom dude like if we if we could like figure out how to put like cameras and showers but it's like neck no. up and we're all showering <laughs> on zoom together i would do that with you guys come on <laughs> maybe just microphones in the shower next up let's do it that's, <laughs> that's the that's the name next up next up. Well, well no the name someone sent in was we work but it's just the two e's that we work because you can pee in the shower oh. so it's just we work oh that's, that's good. good i really like that so someone emailed in to say i listen to the show when i work out in the morning and normally it's smooth sailing but i was laughing to myself so hard during the we shower bit <laughs> we that shower. while doing an incline bench press with dumbbells when nice. craig said we wet. I started laughing so hard I almost dropped 60 pounds of metal on my we face. We wet. Do you say it like we wet or we wet? We, we wet. wet. <laughs> I'm going to get sued by this can guy. You, can you imagine this guy like tore his peck? Well, I, yeah. I don't like the implication that we're normally not funny in this email. <laughs> well, maybe the implication is that how often is he inclined He's bench like, pressing normally heavy it's weights? Fine. Normally you yeah. guys, it's just like have no reaction. No, I would say don't listen to the email portion while bench pressing heavy weight. We wet. Yes. We wet. We wet. We wet. We wet. <laughs> Welcome to We Wet. What size like shower would you wet. like? Also, a lot of Taylor wrote an email on behalf of the Taylor. People. So Taylor, after listening to Monday's episode, I would like Craig to further explain his rationale for not being in the shower, which is a mostly solo private exercise, but having the confidence and comfort to quote <laughs> let it rip in a public pool, which is being used by other people <laughs> while he pees. By the way. I re-listened to the final segment the other day, and I completely did not hear Craig said he let he'll let it rip in a public pool. <laughs> I think we would have spent more time on that if I had heard that. Okay, I have like <laughs> I have like four thoughts. Let me let me get through all. Of them. Let it rip. One, my first thought. This is the problem with having a podcast at the Ringers. You say one thing, and it becomes your personality. I did not. I don't want to be like you can't pee in the shower, guy. I just don't personally do it. I have done it in the past. I don't know why I don't like it. I don't know if it's just like, I think it's because if my if my wife found out, she'd be like, that's really gross. And I think everybody at home is probably would agree with that. And so I'm like, look, just be in the toilet. It's saying everybody is happy with that. You're not pissing anybody off. No, pun intended. Not pissing in anyone's cereal. The, the public pool thing, first of all. Choose <laughs> <laughs> your words carefully. Here, first of all, I can't remember the last time I was in a public pool. <laughs> so... <laughs> First of all, public is that pools a flex? are I don't know why. disgusting places, and you should. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like, let's be honest. Let's let's, call, let's let's just be honest here. No one gets in a public pool being like, you know what? This is a urine-free zone. <laughs> that is that was my next point. As I was like, if you're telling me that nobody else is peeing in the public pool, you, I'll show you a liar. And look, I was I, I haven't been in a. I can't remember the last time I was in a public pool. There's no public pools in L.A. that I frequent. I don't know if I'd be peeing in it now. However, if the bathroom is a long walk away, I might let it rip. I have a question. Is the a lot like, of chlorine in those public is pools? Is the chemical thing that supposedly supposed to show when you're pissing in a public pool? Like, I, I think like that's the water? A myth. Is that 
I was going to say, is that like an urban legend to keep people from peeing in pools? Or is I that think a real so. thing? I think that's what it's dads like would tell their factor. kids. It's like, you yeah, don't want to like, be the one that like, you know, is covered in the pink dye or whatever. <laughs> like rob the bank. Let us they know if that's real. Money. I'm pretty sure it's not. Like, I, I remember growing up, my dad telling me like, oh, if you pee. Pandora's box here and people are going to be pissing in pools hard after this if we find Dude, out Dude, people be pissing in pools. They just don't want to admit it. <laughs> Everybody's pissing, pissing in pools. <laughs> we work. We wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people be pissing <laughs> I know they are I don't I don't care oh it, and we can't even do a poll because they'll be lying <laughs> oh my it's God. like picking your nose dude people pick their nose and people pee in public pools okay <laughs> people pee in public pools it's a tongue twister <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy about the shower thing. So if I if I'm crazy about that and that's not gross to other people, and if and if your partner's okay with it, then I'm I'm willing to eat that and be wrong so about that. We we also got an email from Matt. Matt. Matthew. Subject subject line of this email was pop up piss club. Nice. <laughs> Matt writes, "What if your next live show is also a pop up piss club? <laughs> you could rent out a 21 and up pool in Las Vegas, and you could use a resort pool, and oh that way God. everyone could pee freely." And you could also bring in portable urinals, you know, for men and women that could have targets. You know, there could be things that spin mm. if you hit them, like, you know, like pinwheels or something you could piss on or the gauges and levels. You could see how much you're peeing, clocks to see how long you're peeing. And hell, maybe we even set up an area for people to run 40-yard dashes. <laughs> and, and, and on stage, we'll be sitting on toilets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, oh, we, 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 that's the other thing. You sit down when you pee, Craig. That's the other thing we haven't even broached. Only when I'm home. I don't care. You just doxed me there, but that's fine. I know. Uh, sorry. It's like, <laughs> I'm totally fine wow. with it. I, I would have done it on the hottest take if the hottest take were still around. Uh, when I'm at home, exclusively sit and pee. When I'm out on the road, exclusively stand. It's a good take. <laughs> it's way better, it's dude. It's take. way better exclusively to sit Exclusively standing. Again, if you have a partner, you don't have to worry about spillage when you're sitting. Middle mm -hmm. of the night and it's dark, you sit. Plus, you can pop out yeah, the old the lights, phone. The lights at night, it's a huge, that's a huge, yeah. Yeah, so I, I stand by it. I endorse sitting and peeing. Also, yeah, you're, you also said an important thing, which is being on your phone is, I mean, are you guys on your phone when you're peeing? Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm in a hurry, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a recent study. Men with kids, they spend, they spend like, I don't even know what it is, like several hours a day in the bathroom, just like trying to hide and get some peace and quiet. That's like, the this like is the, 40 the joke, 40, Paul Rudd. Yeah, it's like the yeah. this is 40, but it's like actually true. And I can, I actually would agree with that, especially in my house, because the heat register in the bathroom of my house is like directly above our furnace. And so it's like by far the most powerful like heat register in our house. And so it's always like nice and toasty in our bathroom. I'm just like sitting in there. It's like, it's like really warm, especially compared to the rest of our old house. It's like the most comfortable room in the house. I will absolutely spend extra time in the bathroom to like finish watching a game or something or a play. I fully endorse that as well. I'm telling you, the bathroom is the key. We just need to be in the bathroom more. <laughs> People forget there is a- We in the bathroom more. People forget there's a real idea behind this bar. <laughs> People forget. Craig feels passionately about this. We need to be in the bathroom more. Anyway, speaking of our bathroom bar, we also get emails about food, which go hand in hand. Nice. Great. So to speak. Uh, we got speaking of food, Kai, Kai check in. Yeah. Kai will be eating a kiwi soon. So We got an email about other emails uh, from Matt, and I'm sorry I lost someone's name, but that 
Someone said, eat the skin. My cousin's a doctor put me on this. The skin is thinner than an apple. You don't even notice the fuzz at all, and it's full of nutrients. I'll never waste time peeling the skin or digging out the flesh of a kiwi with a spoon ever again. To which I read that, and I literally was just like, you don't notice the skin on a kiwi if you eat the skin? Not if you slice it thinly. You don't. Wow. Okay. If okay. You get Do like little, like, you know how like you would slice like a apple in really thin slices and eat yeah. those? Like, just do that uh-huh. with the kiwi. Matt Matt wrote an email six months ago with the Will Levis stuff when Will Levis ate a banana with the peel that was a whole passionate argument for eating the peels of fruit because that's where a lot of the vitamins are. And <laughs> Same for with kiwi, potatoes, right? Potato skin. Yeah. If you have a baked potato, you should eat the skin. I've always eaten the is potato that true? skin. Yeah. Well, that's different because that's like, that's grosser. Why is that grosser? Potato skins are literally a food no, you can order at a bar. skins are good. No, I'll eat. Yeah, that's true. I'm just, but I, th- all right, that's fair. I was thinking about them raw. What, what I was going to say, though, potato. this made me think of is Heifetz, when we mentioned eating the skin of a kiwi, you're like, oh, no, it's full of toxins. I don't know. I don't know anything about food anymore. I feel oh, like well, I that's, can't, that was that's an It's Always Sunny bit that I was hoping oh, one of you'd get. But get there's that. an entire It's Always Sunny bit that oh. apples are extremely poisonous. My, my contention more is just that there's so much conflicting information out there about everything these days. Yeah. I don't actually know what's true. Cause like, I, I feel like I can't eat vegetables without thinking, Oh, did I just get rid of all the nutrients in this vegetable? I don't even know like how to eat a vegetable while also getting nutrients. You know what I mean? Do you juice it? Do you blend it? <laughs> Do you need to eat it raw? Can you cook it? Right. Exactly. It's, it's a ton. Also yeah. speaking of cooking stuff, I feel like do you guys ever notice like our parents' generation, Do your parents' generation like eat vegetables. Cause I feel like the boomers, like they're the boomers, the boomers parents just boiled vegetables and was like, here's some Brussels sprouts. And they all just were like, vegetables are terrible. Like the Al Michaels stuff. And now we don't yeah. cook vegetables. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's funny growing up, were you guys forced to eat vegetables? Yeah. Yeah. But then now I feel like I forced my parents to eat vegetables. I'm like, Hey, you don't have to boil Brussels sprouts. They could be crispy. I know. I know. My dad said that he used to like hide the peas under his plate. Like he would line his plate with yeah. peas and then ask they were to be boiled. excused. Yeah. That was my trick in like elementary school or, something like that, like really early is like they would inspect your plate before you could get up and leave at the school I was at. So like if you kind of spread things out and like, oh yeah, you know, like it's a classic move. (laughs) Move shit around. Yeah. Move shit around and spread it out. It looks like you ate most of it. Yeah. 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 That was my trick. You spill a little bit. Right. So we got an email on the snow. We got an email from Elijah. 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 It's like I was eating a kiwi with a spoon at work last week. My coworker told me I was eating it wrong. And she claimed that the best way to eat a kiwi is to peel it with a potato peeler, use an apple slicer, cut it into smaller chunks. I then told her the only way to eat a kiwi is to go full Will Levis, eat it with the skin on. She gave me a weird look and asked, who is Will Levis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I then explained the connection between Will Levis eating peeled banana, uh, unpeeled bananas, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, today I found out that that person quit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy can't ki- keep talking to me about Will Levis. Eating a kiwi with a spoon is a move. Also, this woman recommended pe- first peeling it with the potato with peeler and then using an apple. So you need two utensils to eat a kiwi. Come on. So much it's equipment. Too much work. <laughs> like, that's a lot of work. And then, yeah, last year, I just, speaking of fruits and veggies, um, DK was talking about butter on Pop-Tarts. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys, thank you to multiple people who emailed us. Did you know that there's an entire Family Guy song just about <laughs> yeah, putting butter on great. Pop-Tarts? I did not. I didn't know this either, uh, which is, but it's amazing. An entire whole song. As it's, a an earworm, it's an earworm song, so just be it's warned. It's a good song. <laughs> it's like heartfelt. I know. I was like humming it all morning. 
Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so frickin' good. Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should. Clearly, this person in the Family Guy writer's room, like, said they'd eat, put butter in Pop-Tarts and they were made fun of and they just wrote this song. <laughs> so they, like, lived um, uh, my experience from the last podcast. TK, yes. did, were there particular flavors that you would butter? Like, or, or did it not matter? Uh, no, I think I would do it all. And I think someone mentioned like you only butter the ones that don't have like the frosting on it, which that is in my experience, I, I'll put butter on anything. I'll do butter on <laughs> cinnamon ones, the strawberry ones, you know, I'll do that. I'll do whatever. Have you ever put butter on a pop tart? It's so freaking good. <laughs> ever put butter on a pop tart. If you haven't, then I think you should. Oh, maybe I have heard that. Is that the song? <laughs> it's like the song is like. I don't want a giant penis or a rocket ship to Venus. I don't want to win the lottery. I just want to squat and gobble till I'm dizzy and I wobble in a butter, fruit, and dough tart dream. I feel like they're making fun of me. How rude. Family guy? But I, I honestly think somebody mentioned on Twitter, it's like a generational thing. I think it is like people probably, well, isn't Seth MacFarlane, is, isn't he about my age anyway? He's something like 40s. I think, I think he's, he's maybe a little older. Yeah. yeah. I think it's probably people like 35 to 50. He's 50. Yeah, oh, he's fifty. He doesn't look fifty. Good for him. Well, he's either Simon he's Cowell looks sixty, but yeah, exactly. There's no, yeah, no one's ugly. You're just, just pop tarts are such a food that like that I loved as a kid. I don't eat anymore. What like what foods were you guys huge fans of when you were young that you just don't eat anymore? Mine is Dude, cereal, man. I used to eat like yeah, Captain Crunch, all that. Dude, stuff. I would I love cereal, like three different kinds of cereal together, and eat like two giant bowls. If I did that oh, now, I, I would go into a food coma. I never eat cereal like as a shock. kid, and it's wild that we let kids eat cereal. This is like the Calvin and Hobbes, like his his cereal is chocolate frosted sugar bombs. I'm just oh like, my god, dude! <laughs> cereal is the most baffling. I can't believe yeah. they trick people into thinking that's a breakfast food. I, that's it, healthy. It just blows a bowl my mind that we ever. There's a cereal yeah, called Cookie Crisp, and it's just a bowl of Chips Ahoy, essentially. <laughs> it's milk and cookies, and they're like, "What if we had smaller milk and cookies and made that what? breakfast?" It's just fucking the Reese's Puffs. This, is, this is, is how marketing is, works. Reese's Puffs? Come on. Yeah. It's just a candy brand. You guys ever like gone to the supermarket aisle and just stared at the cereal? Yeah. Like the colors. Oh, I yeah. love I love cereal. It's so good, but it makes me feel like hell now. And all the most colorful boxes are on the bottom so the kids can grab them. Just freaking just we're just being manipulated at all. That's times, how advertising but, works. Yeah. 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 Um pizza rolls? Oh, sure. I was a pizza Totinos? bagel guy. Yeah. I did those too. Yeah, I don't need any of that anymore. Email us at reganfantasyfootball.gmail.com if thoughts on cereal, pizza, bagels, vegetables. What else were you talking about? That was weird. Butter and Pop-Tarts, songs. Dude, I used to just like house bags of Cheetos, and now I don't really do that anymore. Ooh, Cheetos. Those are good, yeah. Remember the bugles, the things that you put on your fingers? Sure. Like, <laughs> those were the what? best. What? You make the bugles? claw? No, what, what are you talking about? They bugles, like, would the, fit the on chip. your fingertips like little... Bugles? Yeah. They were shaped like little cones. Like, cylinders. Like, yeah, like yeah, little yeah, witches cones. hats, oh, and you'd put them I on your fingers. How- I, I, I've never seen these. Are bugles still a thing? Do they still yeah. sell them? Are they still yeah, in the house? Mm-hmm. I don't know how I've gone my whole life without encountering this. Most underrated chip in the game. Barbecue twisted Fritos. Ooh. Oh, I would go with uh, the Hawaiian barbecue chip, like the spicy Hawaiian. I can't remember the name of the brand. I know what you're talking about. The, the like pink purple bag. Yes. The orange bag. The, well, both of them. Oh, really. orange bag. Right. The Maui onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the bomb. They got flaming hot Cheeto puffs now. I'm telling you, if you're at, if you're at the supermarket listening to this right now, and you see a bag of honey barbecue Fritos twists, buy them. 
Email us a, if you do that. Free tip. Send us a picture yeah. at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Craig no, will it, it, Look, it. free ads, baby. Boom. <laughs> we're onto something here. There's something there. <laughs> All right, we're leaving. Uh, almost said goodbye, everyone, but we haven't even ended the show. Um, thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Foo Fighters. My cat <sighs> left. The Foo Fighters. God, that's like my my wife left. Uh, <laughs> my cat left. My cat left. He's like crestfallen. He's never been sadder. How many times the Foo Fighters got to host a music festival or be on SNL? You know what I mean? Like we get oh it. We God. know what they are. I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't realize how popular they were. Dude, yeah. they're everywhere. Once a year they host SNL. SNL used to be like up and coming artists, and now it's like 53 year old Dave Grohl. It's like we know. We we know what the Foo Fighters are. They don't need to host Coachella again. They have one look. They have one yeah. sound. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Heifetz, do you know a single person who's like, I love the Foo Fighters? The, well, I, I feel like there's just a huge gap in the age of people I know because I just like, again, Rage Against the Machine. I just didn't realize that. I know Rage obviously is very popular. I just didn't realize that they were, you know, like the biggest band. In yeah, the people West, would like base their Western hemisphere on yes. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. That's a great call. They're another like constant Coachella headliner. Um, anyway, no, yeah. I don't, I'm Craig, not trying to besmirch Craig, with Foo you. Fighters. I was never, I've, no, you are, and I, and I think you should. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, I was never a Foo Fighters guy. Well, it's like whatever, you know. I've they have, I've, they had some big songs, but it's like we kind of we, we get it. They don't need to be <laughs> just heavy sigh. <laughs> <sighs> we get it. Craig went on the hottest take and said, "I think we should consider cannibalism," and this is the one that's going to take him down. <laughs> yeah, I know people are going to altruistic cannibalism. To be clear, it's we're to, not yes. killing the people. It's to solve world hunger. You forgot that part. Marketing. Okay. Marketing. It's all yes. about branding. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.